My guest today is Mark Ducato, yep. uh, Altair. Mark, what do you think about the show so far? Yeah, it's a great show. It seems like there's a you know a good turnout, um, a lot of great, interesting uh, customers here, and uh, you know it's always good to see a, a lot of traffic and you know fellow vendors that are out here supporting. I really like how they laid everything out. This is my first time at this particular event, okay. and I feel like they've really nailed the sort of like cross pollination between the attendees and the exhibit hall. Yeah, it's it's really cool that some of the speaking engagements and stages are kind of opened into the exhibit hall, so it's it makes a, a more natural flow. Yeah, totally. So. Altair, got it, right? So recent acquisition or uh, acquirer. Uh, tell me a little bit about the, the, the core business. Yeah, so Altair as a company is traditionally a manufacturing and engineering company. Um, focus on design, a uh, lot of time spent in the automotive and aerospace. Um, but they really wanted to look into data and really get into the data space. So uh, Altair acquired DataWatch in December of last year. Um, and DataWatch has a full suite of products, which goes straight from data preparation to predictive analytics uh, to our own visualization software. Um, and most of our customers are based in financial services, which is completely outside of what Altair focuses on, um, which is a reason they were really excited. They were excited for us to stay in the market that we've been playing in, um, but also see how we can bring this into kind of the traditional manufacturing and engineering space. Well, that's interesting. So it sounds like it's like a, a value add to their existing, their core business, but then maybe moving into a market, another market? Exactly. So oh, okay. they basically have now acquired a company that already has customer and, and share in, in another market. Um, but we're having really interesting conversations with their traditional customer base, um, a lot around um, helping predict machine failure, um, ah. doing predictive maintenance on, on the manufacturing floor. Um, so some really interesting use cases are coming out of their traditional customer base. That is actually really interesting. Yeah, the downtime on, um, you know, if a cog goes out on a machine is catastrophic from yep. an ROI perspective, Absolutely. right? So, um, uh, yeah, being able to predict the, you know, when machines are going to need maintenance yep. and that kind of thing is actually a big industry that a lot of people don't know about. Yep. Even some of the, um, the major automotive manufacturers that Altair traditionally works with, they have um, like trucking fleets. So if a truck is out on the road and it goes down, that can cost, you know, that delay can cost a lot too. So we're looking at ways that we can help predict when maintenance and support is going to be needed on those trucks and get it done before it goes out on, you know, a cross country haul. So tell me about like who's your ideal customer? Not not I mean Altair obviously is kind of this big but more in line with your core. Yeah, absolutely. So really the, data the, watch or before even the Yeah, so so the core of the business is really around um how you're leveraging the data that you have, yeah. but how you're doing it in a way that you don't need to be a traditional data scientist. Um so really it's what Gartner would call like your citizen data scientist. So it's a um, you know, a, a visual space to leverage data, build predictive models, um, and then automatically export that into, you know, a, a BI tool, um, or even automatically generate code from that so you can plug it into a deployment engine. So our customer base is really people that are looking to leverage data science mm -hmm. without having to get a PhD in it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's more the citizen data scientists. Um, but then the same breath, if people do have experience in R and Python, um, you can leverage that directly within our tool as well. So you can do some of that coding stuff if there are people on the team that want to do it. Um, but it's all about you know keeping everything transparent. Um, we could automate a lot of things if we wanted to, but we like to show all the different steps uh, because that allows for anyone in auditing and governance to be able to see everything that was done, yep. um, full transparency, and then um, take it from there. That's actually really interesting about 
the need to not build automation, right? And that the not building the automation actually adds a layer of value because you have a um, audit function that can pay attention to those uh, steps. Yeah, our, our traditional core business was always around financial services. Um, so we work with all of the major banks. Uh, they use our software to some extent. Um, and for them, that was key. That, that whole black box solution or magic button just didn't work for them. Um, they really need to see the steps that are taken right from where the data source was was taken in from to where it was deployed and, and gone live. So, you know, we've we've tried to keep everything transparent as possible um, so all those steps can be seen. There are parts that we optimize. So we do a lot in terms of optimization to make the performance a lot quicker. Um, but our customers seem to really like that. Oh, that's really interesting. Are you... PII has got to be a big part. Since you're in financial services, it's got to be a big part of the whole value prop. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's one of the reasons why we ensure that our software can be run on-premise within their environment. Um, we do have a cloud-based solution that we can provide, um, but at the end of the day, we let our customers choose how they want to deploy the software, um, and we meet all the different security protocols to ensure that their data is safe. How long have you been with the company? Been with the company just over seven years now. Oh, so quite a while. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So you've seen a lot of, I mean, this whole like democratization of access to data and data science is, is from my vantage point, like, it used to be really hard to run statistical models. I did it back in the 90s yep, when yep. I first started my career. And it was a pain in the ass. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot, a lot to it. Well, and, and I think the advent of data growth, like the exponential oh. growth of data is leading us down a path of like there's, there's this concept of sampling data and taking a small portion of it and building models off that and then applying that on the larger portion. Yeah. The problem with that is if you have so much data, so many customers, how do you know you're properly sampling? So it's one of the reasons why we've developed a piece of our software that runs native in Spark. So if a customer has a Hadoop setup, you can run this within Spark, leveraging all of Spark's technology and actually build predictive models against billions and billions of records and not have to wait one or two days to process all that. That is crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, the volume of data that we're dealing with now versus even five years ago yeah. is just so, and you kind of look forward. I was talking with another guest before, and he's talking about how like intelligence is starting to get built into the product spec at the very beginning of the inception of the new product, right? Mm -hmm. So as opposed to it being this like, you know, more, oh gosh, now we need to pay attention. It's yeah. like built into, so when, so now you think about the explosion that that's going to have uh, because it's going to open up a whole bunch of streams of data that we otherwise haven't been able to access. And to that point, it's how are we looking at that and figuring out the best way to leverage that? Mm -hmm. If we continue to leverage data the way we've been doing it for the past 10, 15 years, we're going to be left behind. Yeah. If, if the advent of collecting data, streaming data and bringing that data together we need to jump on that train and get on that path and make sure that we can now analyze our data in the same breath of where the data is being collected. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to do with this Spark kind of innovation that we put together. Are you seeing more um, like multi-source data inputs, meaning not, you know, some, maybe it's market, maybe it's internal customer. I mean, I, I guess in a broad wrapper, it's BI, but um, customer voice, that kind of stuff. Are you, are you seeing that? Yeah. They, there's, there's no 
everyone wants to create the the ideal data lake yeah. or kind of the one point for data. Yeah. But I can't think of any one of our customers that has data just residing in one data source. Right. Um, multiple data sources is the common thread. Totally. Um, the question then becomes, how do you manage those multiple data sources? Um, one, the, one of the components of our software is a browser-based data preparation tool that allows you to access all those data sources and be able to create your own data sets within this browser and actually share that with your team. Hmm. Um, it gives you that collaborative format where you can actually see a team member that's put a data set together um, and be able to leverage that data set throughout, you know, maybe a predictive model, for example. Got it. So looking, being a, a veteran in the industry, looking forward, what do you think is going to be different in the next three years? That's a great question. I mean, the, the advent of machine learning and AI, you know, depending on who you talk to, those terminologies could be marketing spin or whatever the case may be. I think the, the biggest change that we'll see is as data continues to exponentially grow, there's going to be new technologies that are going to be put in place to help leverage that data as much as possible. Got it. And it's how we're leveraging um, access to that data and getting those responses as quickly as possible. At the end of the day, everyone wants to do something in real time. Yep. But if data is becoming exponentially bigger, that real-time response is going to get slower. So there's going to be a technology, I believe, that's going to come out to be able to address this. And it'll be kind of the next wave of what Hadoop was a couple years ago. That's super interesting. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it, this is a great space. And it's yeah. been a great space for years. So if somebody wants to get in contact with you because they feel like they have a project or a question about your business, how would they do that? Yeah, they can just go to www.altair.com. Um, I mean, they could email me directly if they'd like. Uh, my email is mdocouto at altair.com. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions that come up or get any of my team members to support. Mark, thanks so much for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody else, if you please take the time to screen capture this, share it on your social media. If you found any value at all, really appreciate you taking that effort. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And special thanks to Predictive Analytics World, Marketing Analytics World, all the worlds wrapped up into one. You guys are awesome. <laughs> thanks for hosting. Have a good one. <laughs>